Welcome to Premier Pain Talk, a podcast dedicated to expanding awareness about treatment options for people in pain. Each week, host Dr. Michael Danko from Premier Pain Treatment Institute in Cincinnati, Ohio, will discuss cutting-edge treatments for pain management that are improving the quality of life for those suffering from chronic pain. Tune in now to learn more about how to relieve pain and restore your life. Hello, and welcome to Premier Pain Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Danko. Uh, Today, I have a solo podcast quick hitter for you. Uh, We're going to talk about one of the most basic injections in pain management, uh, the epidural steroid injection. Uh, This is going to be a quick overview of what uh, that injection entails and what it is, uh, common conditions that we treat uh, with epidural steroid injections, uh, some factors that need to be considered ahead of time, and and, uh, prerequisites prior to completing the injection will determine whether that injection was successful and how we look at that from the medical perspective and also from you know the insurance perspective of how or when the, your uh, insurance company will pay for you to have it done again. Uh, we'll talk about how often you can get these injections, uh, maybe some reasons not to get the injections, and in medical lingo we call those contraindications, uh, and also next steps if the, if the epidural injection isn't lasting or, or working as well as we want. So what is an epidural steroid injection? Uh, this is an injection of steroid into a space along the spine called uh, the epidural space. Uh, the epidural space is a, uh, we call potential space, just outside of the, the uh, intrathecal sac, or, or, which is where the uh, spinal cord is housed. Uh, so the, the spinal cord travels from... Uh, um, the base of your skull down into your low back and uh, these big nerves called nerve roots come out of the spine and uh, into your extremities and, and they're what ha- help control a lot of the major functions in your body. Uh, and when you have a, a condition such as a, a, a herniated disc uh, or a degenerative condition called spinal stenosis, you'll start to get some compression of uh, those nerves and that can cause uh, symptoms um, predominantly pain, um, but people also experience numbness, tingling, um, burning. Uh, they may have some decreased sensation in a, in a hand or, or a leg. Uh, and these are all uh, signs that there's some inflammation going on in the spine and there's some irritation of the spinal cord or, and or the nerve root. Uh, and so uh, we do not want to inject uh, directly into the uh, fecal sac where the, the spinal cord is um, but luckily, we have this this space just outside of it uh, where you can inject steroid, and steroid, steroid is an, a potent anti-inflammatory medication, and that can reduce the inflammation in that area and, and relieve the pain and, and reduce some of those other symptoms that I mentioned. So, this is a injection that we do typically in the, an office setting or sometimes in a, an ambulatory surgery center or, or hospital setting, depending on um, where the, the procedure is being done. Uh, this is a procedure that, that typically involves uh, x-ray guidance where, where you use the, uh, something called a fluoroscope to take pictures of the spine and, and help us target exactly where we want to go. Oftentimes, there'll be uh, some contrast medication uh, that is used prior to injecting the medication, and that, that contrast is used to see appropriate spread of, uh, of the dye in the area where we're wanting to inject our medication, which is the epidural space. Uh, there are some limited situations where patients may not uh, be able to tolerate contrast uh, injection, but so this injection in those situations can be done without the contrast, but very commonly the dye is used ahead of time to make sure the medicine is going to go where we want it to go. 
there is a, a kind of an approach right down the middle in the back that we call an interlaminar approach. Uh, there also uh, is a sideways approach to more individual nerves that we call transforaminal epidural. Uh, and there's also uh, another approach that uh, come from the tailbone, something called a caudal epidural. Uh, these epidural injections can be performed uh, in the cervical spine or the, the neck region, uh, the thoracic spine or, or your mid-back, um, or the lumbar spine or, or your low back. So as I mentioned before, uh, common conditions that we use to treat uh, with epidural steroid injections are uh, lumbar disc herniations uh, and a condition associated with that called lumbar radiculopathy. Uh, lumbar spinal stenosis is a degenerative condition where there's narrowing in the spine and there's starting to become compression um, gradually over time. And then next we're going to talk a little bit about what uh, needs to be accomplished before we do an epidural steroid injection or, or uh, what uh, treatments are typically performed ahead of time. And so take a scenario of a, a herniated disc, for example. Uh, we don't typically go right to the epidural injection. Uh, very commonly, a patient will attempt uh, physical therapy for uh, six weeks or so to, to see if that can reverse the, the problem. We'll typically need to have imaging so we can see exactly where the problem is. So this would be typically an MRI or a CAT scan. Uh, and then uh, depending on your insurance or other factors, you may need to get an x-ray initially uh, and the, complete that physical therapy first before that we'll get that MRI scan. Uh, you may try anti-inflammatory medications or uh, massage therapy or chiropractic care. But once uh, the conservative treatment uh, and, and some non-opioid medications are considered uh, and patients continue to have symptoms, then, then often we'll move forward with the epidural steroid injection. Uh, how do we determine if this injection is successful? Uh, so in general, uh, we want to see at least a 50% reduction in your pain and, and your other symptoms uh, for at least six weeks. Uh, ideally, I'd like to see these lasting two or three months or more. Uh, if uh, you don't have an absolute reduction of more than 50% in your pain, but you do have functional improvements where your, your disability index is a, is a questionnaire that we ask patients um, if there's signs that uh, from an objective standpoint that you're doing more and you're more active then that can also be a good sign of success um, but but these injections can typically re be repeated up to every three months or four times a year so practically speaking I'd like to see these injections lasting at least three months or so uh, otherwise if it's lasting for shorter than that then there are going to be some gaps in therapy where uh, we do the injection. It doesn't last the full three months. We have to wait uh, until the three-month period before we can repeat it again, and so on and so on. So if we're, if we're having a really nice, successful uh, treatment pathway with epidural injections, I'd like to see them lasting at least three months. And that way, when you need to have it repeated, there's no disruption in your in your relief and in your ability to, to continue to function and, and work and do your other um, life responsibilities. When will we consider uh, not doing the epidural injection, or what are we what do we ha uh, consider to be a contraindication to epidural injection? Uh, well, if a patient has uh, diabetes uh, and they have blood con uh, trouble controlling their blood sugar or their blood glucose, uh, where that dose of steroid into the epidural space will potentially elevate that that uh, glucose level further, that could be problematic. So, patient has an average uh, blood glucose level that's consistently running above 200, they may not be a candidate for epidural injections. Uh, if they have diabetes, but it's reasonably well controlled, uh, they may tolerate this injection just fine with just potentially some, some uh, monitoring afterwards and checking sugars to make sure that it, they don't develop a, a problem in that area. 
If a patient is on a, a blood thinner or something called an anticoagulant, uh, we will need to be able to stop that uh, medication temporarily prior to the injection. Now, there are a lot of different types of blood thinners out there. Uh, for example, there's something called Coumadin or Warfarin. Um, there's Plavix, there's Relto, Eliquis, and, and so on and so on. And, and we have guidelines where it says, okay, this blood thinner needs to be stopped for these, this number of days prior to the procedure. And then we stop it for the procedure, and then we wait about 24 hours to restart it just to make sure any if there was any minor bleeding from the procedure itself, that it has stopped. Uh, and then um, the patient will resume their blood thinner. Uh, and so that, that short window of time, we, we will want to make sure that it is safe and appropriate to be able to stop that. Uh, and if um, your cardiologist or your primary care doctor or whoever's managing your blood thinner says that that, that temporary stoppage is not possible, then, then uh, that may be a contraindication to this injection. Uh, lastly, uh, if you have a um, uh, in history of chronic infections and, and uh, you're having problems with, with um, uh, or an active infection at the time of the injection, the, we may need to delay it or you may not be a candidate um, because you don't, don't want to spread that infection to the spine. Uh, so if you've had epidural steroid injections and, and they uh, didn't work well or if, or if you are not a candidate for it for one reason or the other, um, there may be some other options for you as well. Uh, if you're not a candidate for epidural injections, then uh, just keep in mind that, that some of your options may be fairly limited because you may not be a candidate for other advanced treatments as well. But uh, let's take the scenario of an epidural injection that, that is not only lasting a few weeks and is, and is not providing a long enough length relief. Um, then we'll often look and see what kind of minimal invasive treatment options we have. Um, you may be a candidate for something called a discectomy. Um, you may be a candidate for a mini-invasive treatment for the spinal stenosis, something uh, such as the, the mild procedure or a, a posterior spine fusion, or, or even you may need to proceed with uh, a more open type surgery where, where they do, uh, we send to an orthopedic or, or neurospine surgeon for, for a more invasive uh, corrective procedure. Uh, there also is a device called a spinal cord stimulator that can be a very effective way to treat persistent back and leg pain um, after um, epidural injections are not successful and, and one reason or another they're not a candidate or don't want to proceed with with uh, surgery and uh, those are a lot of those treatments that we do offer at premier pain treatment institute uh, which is my practice in cincinnati ohio uh, you can discuss that with at us at one of your clinic visits or if you are not in the cincinnati area or you don't see our practice definitely feel free to discuss future options with your pain management provider or your uh, providers helping you with your pain issues uh, wherever you're where you're listening from. Uh, so that is about a 10-minute overview of epidural steroid injections. This is a very common injection we perform. It is safe and effective. Uh, can be it can be repeated in the right scenarios, and uh, there are some considerations that that need to be considered prior to the injection or uh, determine if you're a candidate for it and. And then uh, if they don't work so successfully, we do have other options as well. So that's where it's great to have an open line communication with your provider about uh, whether these are appropriate for you and, and what your options are. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Premier Pain Talk. I'm Dr. Michael Danko in Cincinnati, Ohio. And then don't forget to rate, review, and, and add comments on whatever platform you're listening to the podcast. Thank you for your time. Thanks for listening to Premier Pain Talk, where we understand your pain and share solutions that can improve your quality of life. 
This episode is brought to you by Premier Paint Treatment Institute, which has convenient Cincinnati area locations in Loveland, Mount Orb, and Hillsborough. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you get updates on all new episodes. Feedback is sincerely appreciated. 